This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is weird when you transition into week one. You know, I do all the same columns I do. I dust them off. Like, all of a sudden, the summer's over and it's week one. It's really weird. Yeah, I know it is. It'll take a week or two to get into the routine, but uh, it'll definitely get monotonous soon enough. But yeah, I know it's definitely a transition. I'm ready for the season to start. Honestly, I'm like an overkill. I did the opposite of you, and I, I went too many leagues. I haven't even had the audacity to count yet, but I, I'm, I, I'm reaching the point of, of too many, man. I reached, uh, so I'm, I'm ready for the season to start. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it having too many. That, having few is so nice. I just have like my investments, and I just manage those couple of teams. I just hate the way in, when you have so many leagues, like a couple teams fall off and you just kind of neglect them. And you get this graveyard of teams that you're like half-assing, show up and do a couple just perfunctory, go through the motions lineup moves, but you know your team's like three and seven. You know it's not going anywhere. It's not good. It's just ridiculous. Like, and then you have all these zombie teams that you're managing for the two or three that are crushing it. And then you, know, then you take those seriously. It's just, it's just it's not right. You you got to go in with the number that you're going to take every single one of them seriously. Yeah, I just for some reason ended up doing five uh, in person drafts this year too, which is oh, sorry six. I forgot the auction in Vegas in person that is just so fun to do it <clears throat> to do it in person. And this last week I did a silver bullet one, which is a only single entry big buy in NFFC that was really intense. I ended up with Elliot the third pick. There And then we just did the Team Huevos one together. We can talk about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying for sure, and I'm saying that I'm, I'm exhaustion. But, uh, man, it's just so, so, so damn fun, though, too. It's fun to do the drafts. That, that's for sure. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So your uh, Beat Chris List 2 now, uh, well, it's got some good news and bad news. The good news is Elliot at pick six is, like, ridiculous. I would actually take him over McCaffrey at pick two. So I picked McCaffrey at two. You got Elliott at six. I would, I would trade those guys straight up, even in full PPR. Secondly, yeah, I moved, I moved Elliott to number one on my board. I didn't think that was anything weird, though, was it? No. I, I mean, I have Barkley, oh. but I don't – I wouldn't – you know, that's the only right. other player that I would consider taking at 1.1. Okay. Point one. okay. I wouldn't really consider taking anybody, but if I, if I had to, if, you know, if Barkley were gone and I could pick from anyone else, it would definitely be Elliott without question. But then LaShawn McCoy signs and your Damon Williams everywhere gets crushed. Oh, yeah. It may not be, but, you know, it's it's very precarious now. His situation is way more precarious than it was. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. No, I mean, even even if I'm like, I think McCoy might be washed. He might not be. Um, He has a lot of mileage. He's only 31, but he just started so young. Um, I'm just last year his metrics were really bad. He didn't pass the eye test, but he might have been playing hurt. And obviously situation's so good. I just worry about the guaranteed money. They gave him so obviously it, it hurts <laughs> the Damian Williams' value and I I have so many shares of him but in the aforementioned silver bullet league that just meant instead of taking him in round two I just couldn't help myself at the end of round three in the reverse pick at, at right. number three which is probably dumb but boy I went all in there I mean talk about an upside pit play there I took Elliot three uh, before being signed Aaron Jones and then Damian Williams with my first three picks it's the same guys you have in the B Chris list you're just duplicating yeah, there it there you go. It yeah. never works out, though. Like, I've done that a couple of years where I got Strasburg, Harper, and Stanton in every league because I was like, you know what? This is like four years ago or five years. I was like, those guys could just like MVPs in both leagues and Cy Young and just go crazy. Actually, I think Harper and Stanton were in the NL at the time. But 
I thought it just go crazy, but of course, like they all got hurt, and just, all those teams were terrible. Yeah, you know, and it's just I sometimes like you know, this year, even though I've got some baseball teams doing well, I loaded up on Luis Severino after the injury. I got him before the injury, and the team that's doing best. If only I'd taken someone else in the third round. And then I just loaded up in him in like the ninth and tenth round, thinking he's going to come back in a month. And then I loaded up on Miguel Cabrera everywhere, thinking if these two dudes pop, like then I'm going to be strong across the board. It's just like DFS, right? If you have like a couple players on all your DFS entries, if they go crazy, then it's fun to see how the various ones that you you know do for the other players. But when they're total duds, uh, it just puts you in a big hole. So we'll see. Yeah, and at least it never works out when I go all in on on players, though. At least I'm not volatile players. You know, a guy coming off a holdout, uh, Damian Williams, 50-carry Damian Williams, who now has to compete with touches, and Aaron Jones. At least those aren't, aren't any right. low-floor well, guys. Do. But I hear you, and I like to diversify, and I told you I'm in so many damn leagues. It's going to be in between like 15 and 20. I, I promise I will be. Of course, I'm not going to treat them all the same. But what do you do there? Do I actively try? I mean, even when I try to uh, – if I, if I just find their – because I just bought Damian Williams even in the Huevos League with you. I just thought the price is too low. So do you actively try if you were in more than, the, you know, you're comfortable? Would you go out of your way to diversify? Or if you just they just continue to jump out on your sheet, do you end up with, you know, a portfolio with 90% Damian Williams? I mean, I think you just take it if it falls. I don't think third round is falling, though. I think it would be fourth or fifth at this yeah. point. So I don't think. Yeah, no, took- I meant mostly. I meant mostly how I already, you know, in the second round for me. But yeah, yeah, I've, I've only had one share since the McCoy thing. But you're right. If I'm doing it there, I'm asking for it. No question. Right. That's what I mean. Like so, yeah. I mean, if it falls in your lap, you take it, and that's actually, then it might work out because you're, you're loading up, but you're loading up just because other people are idiots, not because you're the idiot. You know. So that's that's usually the better way to do it. Yeah. So uh, do you have any other thoughts on the Team Huevos? What do you want to talk about? You, you came out with a couple, you know, your East Coast offense column, your beating the book column. Obviously, we'll talk about the games this episode. So where do you want to start, Liz? How are your baseball teams doing? All that stuff. So my team went from fourth place overall yesterday to ninth yesterday. Uh, it's not that – it sounds worse than it is. It was just there's a lot of teams really close. So, you know, I could easily be back in fourth or third if I have a big night. I just saw Paxton go off and, and what's his name on the Cardinals who's just going crazy – John Flaherty just going crazy down oh, the stretch. Oh yeah, and yeah. He, Flaherty's a monster at home, and he yeah, against the Giants, of course. Yeah, they kill them. them and so, like you know, people who had those guys rocketed up, including in my main event that I was up by like ten points. Now I'm up by like two and a half. So it's getting tight, you know. But I, I'm not sweating it too much. I'm trying to enjoy it, not getting tilty. You know, I'm I'm making the moves. Remember that Homer Bailey, Adam Plutko move that worked out actually. I think Plutko oh, had nice. a bad second outing. And Bailey didn't get a win, but he ball he he totally dealt against the Yankees. Crazy, uh, Bailey fantasy relevant and like Giovanni Gallardo out of the league. I remember back then when they were always compared. Um, yeah, Bailey looks all right. That's cool. So you're still definitely within striking distance if you're top ten with you know this much time left. Yeah, really, third place is like very very close. But the the first two guys, especially the first guy, is a decent. You know, I'd have to have a really nice run for a couple of weeks. It's totally doable, but there's a little bit of a gap. Between, uh, I have Max, Max Muncy on my main event team, so that was a blow. That guy uh, called out when I made the pick uh, by Mike Mouth, whatever. It was the worst pick of the draft, and that guy was just absolutely bawling. And uh, now, now done for for the final month, so that sucks. But uh, baseball, baseball. Are you, are you, I mean, are you, are you looking at the box score with the same enthusiasm, or is it getting like the dog days ready for baseball? No, no, because no. man, it's it's a it's a grind, dude. I love looking at the box score in baseball. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it sucks. Like this, this morning when I woke up and I had garbage. Terrible to see all the over threes and over fours, but uh, I'm really uh, and I'm just man, it's crazy. And my main event is first place, like 43rd, 45th overall, and I've got like Ronnie Rodriguez as my first baseman. And <laughs> he's got, available like, in a couple leagues out there. I saw that. Yeah, nice. How's he doing? He's he like the best hitter on that team. Yeah, he's terrible, but I, I just I have Joey Gallo who just won't come back, and like I I gotta put some. No, no, in no I mean, Ronnie Rodriguez. He's the best hitter on the Tigers. I'm saying he, he sucks though. I mean, everybody on that team sucks. That's, that team's the worst team in baseball. Who else? You know what team oh, has uh, by Dylan Moore? WRC, by Dylan. far the lowest WRC plus over the last month. Which team has by far? Yeah, you said the Royals, right? No, you know who does now over this last month? Tigers. The Rangers. Really? I know. I have Danny Santana, and he's been uh, crapping the bed lately. Isn't that weird? I wouldn't have guessed that. Especially, you know, and I know it doesn't. That, you know, it counts for the the park or whatever. But that's still pretty pretty interesting. Sorry, I cut you off the list. Go go ahead. Anyway, I've just got a bunch of screw. You know, I'm picking up whoever I can. I mean, that's what you got to do down the stretch. 
You know, you got to, September, you got to get those at-bats in there. And a 15-teamer, it's not always easy. Just by some miracle, I picked up Aristides Aquino and got all his home runs. From the first day, he got started. Yeah, God. Travis so Darno has been crushing home runs for me in, in both of those two. It just, it's, such a crazy, it's such a crazy game, man, baseball. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but... Well, how roller coaster it doesn't get more roller coaster than Jose Ramirez. I mean, even even remembering when he's carted off back to spring training. Yeah, I mean, twice. that's the most roller coaster season twice. I can remember. He had two two like foul balls off his leg that the first one looked really serious, but the second one looked like he could be out a while too. Just missed a couple days, started going crazy in the summer. Then uh, worst the hitter ever while playing. You know, don't forget that part. Horrible while hitting. And then then monster for how long was that stretch? It's like a month and a half. He just crushed it. It was funny because probably said this in the last podcast, but when I, when I came back to Lisbon in, in late August, August 25th, I, and I plugged my computer back into the monitors, I hadn't, I don't, I guess like when you restart your computer, like the browser reopens, I don't know, something, or maybe I didn't shut it down properly, but my standings for the league that I'm in now, ninth overall, were up from July 7th when I left. And <laughs> I was in second place, a good like eight or 10 points behind the guy in first. I was probably in like 400th or 300th or something overall. And I just like, wow, that was just the month and a half I was gone. You know, it just completely changed. So that was a different league than the Jose Ramirez one, but it was kind of a everyday check in the box score and the guys were bawling, you know, every single day. It just never happens. Sometimes I like pinch myself. I'm like, this is some sort of weird dream I'm having you know, the rug's going to get pulled out from under me any second because you don't, yesterday was, I mean, this morning was bad, the box scores when I checked him, but you don't go like 20 days out of 22 with everybody and your teams, your two main teams, killing it. That just doesn't happen. You know, like baseball is mostly misery. I couldn't believe it. Our lead in League of Leagues fluctuates from like 13 to 16 points, and I was kind of you know debating if I, I didn't pull off any moves at our trade deadline. But you're right, a month left still. A lot can happen, as you just said, in six weeks. So you really – the standings could easily move, you know, double-digit points easily. Yeah, I've had a couple of catastrophic collapses. One of them was in that Card Runners League for 10K that I was in first place by a mile on like September 1st, and I finished second. Everybody got hurt. It was an AL only, though, so like when guys get hurt or get shut down, there's nothing you can do. There's no moves you can make. And then once it was an NL only league, I was up by like 20 points, something in late August, and it was the same thing. It just total collapse. And I remember the guy I was going against, this is 2001, had Tony Womack on his team. You remember Tony Womack? Of course, of course, Stol- yes. Stolen base guy? Yep. Tony Womack fields, hit yeah. three home runs in a game for him. Oh, man, I, that guy probably, yeah, no, I imagine him as He just probably a, had 25 home runs in his career, and yeah. he had three home runs yeah. in a game. Diamondbacks, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. And I just, it was just unbelievable what happened. It's just, you know, there's yeah. so much time. It's an eternity till the end of the season. I'm just going to keep, just keep making moves, you know, try to be alert, try to make the best decision. You know, it's just sort of like, it's all you can do. Nobody yeah. knows. Good thing about that Muncie getting hurt is I actually had uh, luck stashed in like four leagues, so uh, that guy could be a monster right away. Too bad Lewis Robert, that prospect in the White Sox, apparently he's not getting called up. He looked like a beast too. But yeah, baseball, I hear you. I'm glad you're still super into it and good luck with the uh, <clears throat> good luck with the finish there. Uh, so you want to talk about one of your columns? Get sure. to the games? What do you want? Sure. I mean, there's nothing really in the East Coast offense. I mean, I made 20 bold predictions and like, you know, they're, they're mostly stuff we've talked about, but I got, I'll just throw out a couple. We don't have to go through all of them because it'll take too long. Sounds good. All right, you ready? So one, I'm Barkley ready. will be within 100 yards of Chris Johnson's all-time yards from scrimmage record. Chris Johnson had 2,509 yards from scrimmage in 2009. The only people ever to pass 2,400 yards from scrimmage in a season are Marshall Falk, 1999, and Chris Johnson, 1999-2009. By the way, numerology would say that 2019 would be the next, uh, the next one. thought of that now. 99, 2009, now it's 2019. And Saquon, he's just going to get like 290 carries and 90 catches, and they're going to be for ridiculous average you know, plays because he busts so many big ones. I just think like he's like the best bet to challenge those records of anybody in the last couple of years. That's a lot of yards. Crazy Chris Johnson's uh, career. Yeah, I would say that's a bold statement, especially... Um, James Coe was, uh, I think it was a tweet that showed his his 
his lack of production in stack box last year, and it was kind of staggering as yards per carry ranked compared to other backs among the last. Uh, and he's theoretically going to see a bunch of stack box with that offense uh, this season. So what is your counter to that? Dude, it's just such bullshit, like that kind of analysis. I'm sorry. You know, no offense to the guy. I don't really know him. But this is such bullshit. Like, come on. Saquon Barkley is an amazing running back. The Giants. He's just pointing out a stat, by the way. No, you're not taking that. There's nothing even to say to that. You know, it's like, you know what I mean? Like that stuff just doesn't move the needle. I mean, go watch a football game. I don't know. It's just like Saquon Barkley is a monster. It's like, oh, but when they stacked the box, he did da 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 da. It's like, yeah. I mean, you know, so he got tackled a bunch of times. The the offensive line also got a lot better as the year went on, and they added a, you know, top ten or twelve ish guy in Kevin Zeitler from the Browns. So. They should be a good offensive line this year. Yeah, Zeitler's going to hurt my, my Nick Chubb love, uh, the Browns' offensive line there. Um, all right, you got any others? What are the others? Yeah, uh, well, I've already, you know, Patrick Mahomes at 45 passing TDs. Juju yeah, so you say he'll be the first. Oh, I just want to counter, just give you a little shit. Uh, he'll be the first to do it ever, but he's already done it. So is it so bold? Well, no, I'm, I'm not saying it's bold. That I'm not saying I didn't predict he's going to do it back-to-back. That's not my prediction. I said that he's going to do it this year. That's the prediction. Right, that's what I'm saying. Is that is it? Necess- that's why I'm giving you a hard time. That's not necessarily bold. Did you predict it last year? What's the Vegas over under for his touchdowns? Yeah, I don't know. What is it? Thirty six and a half. Yeah, so uh, nearly nine over. How many did yeah, I just say okay, he would that's have? Pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, is it really only thirty six? That does seem pretty low. Then all right, if it's nine more, that's bold. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it, there's one that is not bold. We can get to it later, but okay. it's definitely bold, dude. Forty five <laughs> touchdowns. It's happened like. What, like seven times ever? Right. All right. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right, though. I, I'm with you on that one. I think okay. you will. I'm totally with you. Juju, top three in catches and yards among receivers. Yeah, did I? Yeah. Did I hear it right that Roethlisberger, was it like the most passes ever he attempted last year? Is that no, true? No, no, no. That's was just the most I, I last Stafford season. Stafford had 700-something. But he, he okay. had a huge okay. margin from number two. Right. 50 okay. more passes okay. than number two. Yeah, uh, oh, I'm with you on Juju. I don't, I don't buy it at all. The worry of like you know Antonio Brown's taking away yeah. the, the defense tonight—that's yeah. hilarious. Baker Mayfield will throw 35 plus. You already projecting for that anyway. Yep, love him. Good, nice. Yeah, I love Duke, your next one too. Duke Johnson, top 15 PPR. I mean, come on, all he's got to do is get the carries he's projected for. Yeah, I'm regretting not taking him with the fourth round in that prime, uh, the silver bullet, but just been my fourth back. But I'm moving him up to my fifteenth back right now. I I'm with you. that's where I have him right now, Frank. So totally with you here. I mean, the worry was they're going to bring in Kenyon Drake. Instead, they upgrade their left tackle. I mean, and bring in Carlos Hyde's carcass, as, as you say. Right. I mean, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It's a good situation. Giants will win at least seven games this year. Yeah, I mean, it's all right. You started. So this is when the the third drink kicked in. <laughs> no, it's just, dude, people, I, I don't think I'm being a homer. I don't think it's, it's not like I'm saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, although for the record, they are 200 to 1 if you want to put that money down. But Eli sucks, but Eli sucks because he's the type of guy that cannot function if there's pressure. He's only good, he's only serviceable if everything's perfect. And it's going to be way better this year. The scheme and the offensive line, everything's going to be in better shape this year for him to perform. And that's not a good QB, somebody that needs conditions to be perfect. But I think he's above the floor, as bad as he is, of an NFL QB that when things are perfect, he can move the ball. Like, it'll, it'll be okay, the offense. So I think, like, all, right. all the offensive players are, are going to be fine. You know, it, when I was actually in Vegas, I could not find any of the big lines. Like, you know, the, I thought that it was the case once they lost their money on Kurt Warner and the Rams, they don't allow it. And then we talked about even on the XM show, you know, the, the Dolphins, you know, if you, you know, if you squint hard enough, things could go right. But when I was actually there, it wasn't realistic. To well, were you, you at the MGM or were you at the Westgate? 60. I mean, I shopped. I walked all around the strip. But, I mean, it, would be, it would be interesting if you, you get to the Westgate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went. That's where he signed up for the uh, super contest. Oh, and so yeah. you didn't, you didn't see any uh, long shots. No, anymore. there were no no long shots available. No, unfortunately, I have two hundred to one. I, I I would be with you there in an right. NFL team. I, I would. I mean, I'm with you on that one. But seven games. All right, I'll definitely give you bold. But uh, what's next? All right, Drew Brees will not be a top fifteen fantasy QB. We talked about this. Yeah, I, yeah, we talked about that. I'm with you too. All right, at least this is not bold, but it's. I, I titled the the section non-obvious picks. I don't think it's obvious to people, but I agree it's not bold. It's like 
Giants, Redskins, Lions, Cardinals, Raiders, Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins. One of those teams, at least, will make the playoffs. Obviously, they're all underdogs individually, huge underdogs individually, but collectively, I think one of them will probably make it. Yeah, so I know Pianowski gave you shit in the comments, and um, I think you gave him some some snark back. But I, oh, yeah, um, dude, I wrote right underneath the uh, thing. While individually, every team is a major dog. Collectively, they might even be a favorite. And he writes, "Look up the odds. Or, you know, get some help to see that that's not a." I didn't. I didn't say every single pr- prediction was negative EV. I just I titled them non obvious. Yeah, no, I get his point, but I totally get why you included it here because I think by, when you read it, it definitely seems like no way. Like that's just the first instinct. Right, you know, your first instinct is it's that is crazy. It, There's yeah. no way. And, and I, I think that one actually stands yeah, out and as also far it's as like, no I, way. Like that, no way. I just I really appreciate the help on the math though. Oh, you know, here's, a, here's somebody to help you with your remedial math struggles. Here it goes. <laughs> like, no, sorry, dude. Yes, I grasp, I grasp the, uh, the math. Thank you. Thanks for the help. Even looking at it, though, I'm like, you know, like I, I, like, I don't see it. You, you know, can't I mean, see I, 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 maybe the Cardinals and Bills or each something. Each team maybe. has like a 10% chance to make it, but collectively there's eight of them. So, you know, if you probably like 60%, yeah. you know, or something like that when you do all the math. All right. Now, so now the drink started really kicking in here at the next one. The Colts will make the playoffs in 2019. Yeah, I know. I got your system. You're all about the system, which is fair. Yeah, I'm that, this is a great test of that theory. Great test. Great test. All right. I mean, most yeah, of no, these, have, the rest of these are kind of boring. I, I don't care about okay. most of these. You know, we have our Greg Olson bet. We went over that. Most of these are kind of boring. Most of the stuff is stuff that I have already said. I, I think that, you know, a lot of interesting stuff, like the questions for this year, are like one, Brissett, it's really going to test the system versus talent theory. Two, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Freddie Kitchens. That's going to be sick. I mean, I want to see that. I want to see what happens. The three, just the Chiefs, like Mahomes, they're gonna they're gonna be ridiculous again. It's not there's not slowing down. Forget about regression. Saquon Barkley with a better line. I mean, Saquon Barkley is so good. I don't, I don't know if everybody watched all the Giants games, but that guy is so good. It's unbelievable how good he is when you're watching him. It's sad they traded Beckham because like those two guys are just the best players I've ever seen in like any position. And then trying to think what else is you know the patriots are always interesting like this weird team and now they have josh gordon so it's kind of exciting but this weird team with random players like can they really be like the one or the two seed again you know i mean it's just it's just truly insane what they've done and then i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to antonio brown seeing what he does and i don't know those are the two those are the main things that i'm kind of the cardinals kyler murray can that two just sure, go yeah. nuts and that whole speed of the offense, you know, is that going to be a ridiculous thing? Lamar Jackson is kind of exciting. You know, him going crazy. Yeah, is Jimmy G a bust? You know, I mean, the coaches, everyone gives them, you know, all these passes. They add all these, these linemen. I think the I think Niners are interesting, too. Obviously, I'm a little biased there. But uh, that who knows? They could, that could be a disaster, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm, com- I'm, I'm confident in that team, though. But uh, Todd Monken joining Cleveland, I guess it's like, it's like so, I mean, he could just be, you realize he coached the team that produced what Winston and Fitzpatrick is the number two fantasy QB last year and the fourth most passing yards ever. I mean, did, yeah, did, like the, the combo with Fitzpatrick had 9.6 YPA last year. That's almost a full yard oh, better than Mahomes had last year. Insane. That's crazy. That's, 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 like Ryan that's Fitzpatrick was, was, I mean, it was, he had three 400 yard games in a row, I think. And four or yeah, something like that. There's, there's only been anybody who's had like four or five in a whole season. I mean, it yeah, was, was, it was truly insane. Yeah. No, it's going to be a fun year for sure. Uh, you, uh, you talked about the beating the book column um, and uh, you, you balled last year. So I'll admittedly go uh, get, you know, get, give you the, the final say here in the beginning of our super contest because you had a much better year than me last year. You're confident in your strategy. You did all the work. The, you did the same, same deal guessing the lines, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's all the work. It takes me like 10 minutes. I run through them once and then as a draft and I rethink them. And then I... Well, I thought it was very meticulous. I thought yeah. I was under the impression you were spending uh, rigorous uh, yeah. hours. There's no algorithm. So I, may, I might no, change what I was getting there. but uh, There's no <laughs> algorithm. It's funny because I, I've been reading a lot of these guys. Um, I can never give these guys credit, but it, it was some guy. Pete sent me this thing. It was just some like way. The guy explains how the lines are actually set and how hard it is to beat the rake uh, without some sort of sophisticated, you know, data-driven process. How just sort of making up the lines, like why, like even the pros, they 
they sort of bet with like the sharp books early and then maybe they'll bet late, but like it's very hard. Like once the lines have sort of been smoothed out by the massive betting that comes in from the public midweek, it's very hard to have an edge and win enough. And here I am trying to pick 16 games and five for the super contest, whether I like five or not. And I actually think I can do it. And the implication from these guys who really knew the market and they made an excellent explanation of how it all worked was sort of like that's a you know, fool's errand, like to think that you're going to be smarter than the entire market and be able to beat it once it's been smoothed out. It's one thing when the sharps jump on the, the early lines before the market's right. really had a chance, but you're going to be able to beat like sort of the wisdom of the crowds. But I just don't agree with that. I just think like I, this is going to sound really... Uh, delusional maybe but i just feel like there's a lot of people who are like way better at stats than me and way better at building a spreadsheet and and being able to put data into it in a way that i just i just don't have the programming or the statistical chops to do and they're very smart these guys but in a way they're kind of dumb because they're sort of just like giving up the game they're sort of like i'm not smart enough to beat the book with my wits and my observations so I've, you know, I have to do this. This is the only way to do it. And if someone says, well, I think I could maybe give it a shot, they kind of laugh at you like you're an idiot for thinking that because they don't think they can do it. Yeah, okay, that's fair. So you're saying you're confident. I'm saying like, I'm not confident enough now. The difference I would say between someone like Rufus and me is Rufus has been like 20, 40 grand a game. So he's confident. I'm not. Right? Like I'm not betting. I'll, I'll join the super contest, but that's you know it's not for amount of the, the entry fee that we're splitting is just not a enough money that that I'm not. I don't really have skin in the game. So in a sense, you could say, well, good luck. You know, they could say, good luck if you really believe it. Go put large amounts of money on it. And I would say, well, I don't believe it that much. You know, or like I don't believe it enough to make that my number one sort of make or break income when there's other options for me. But, you know, maybe if I didn't have another way to do it, maybe I would bet more and maybe I'd find out in short order that, that I couldn't do it this way. <laughs> but, um, but I, but I, I think that I don't, I think that the luxury of having a model that you can back test and that you can sort of know how it works is that when it does well over time, you can have confidence going forward when you're sort of ad hoc trusting your observations how the hell do you know if you, you still have it? I had a good year last year. So what? Right? How do I know that, you know, that wasn't mostly luck? And so how am I really going to bet all this money on it? It's not that it means I'm wrong. It just means I'd be an idiot to just be that sure of it. And, or even if I, it was because I might use my observations and wits last year to beat it, how can I be sure that I'm as sharp this year as I was last year? So I signed up in person this year, so we have a lot of flexibility as far as getting our, our picks in, so we can definitely take it seriously. And usually when we record this, the actual Super Contest lines don't come out till a, a couple hours later. But, um, but yeah, man, it's a good, good way of testing it. And also it's the difference between picking every single game, which you're forced to do for this exercise in your column, versus picking the two or three you would actually yeah, bet no, on. Too. I, I, no, I mean, Although you do point them out and you did really well with those as well, too. Yeah, I, I've done well in my best bets for 10 years. Again, like, I may be just dumb luck. And there was 10 years where I was picking every game and I was basically 500, which is, you know, it's hard to pick every game. But I just think, like, there's just two kinds of things. Like, some people just say it's impossible, so they build an algorithm. And I think the thing that's impossible to me is to know, is to know that it's good going forward without having it like back tested and have a certain amount of data to a sample to prove that this, these factors are under underappreciated by the market. And then they have a, an edge that's, it's impossible to know without doing it that way, because you don't know that you're replicating your process exactly. If you're just sort of ad hoc observing and using your wits, but that doesn't mean it's impossible to do it. It's just impossible to have confidence. So what you do is you, you get a, a high upside contest, like the super contest and you just, you know, you gamble at, at a small level, you know, okay, if I lose whatever, 900 bucks, including the proxy fee, big deal. But I still think like it can be beat. And I think that the people who are much smarter than me with all this other stuff are kind of dumber. They, they kind of even like concede their own dumbness because they don't even try. They wouldn't want to try because they'd be like, but, the, but it makes sense because you could never bet big money again 
unless you had sort of the, the same method over and over, the same factors over and over. It'd be very dangerous to just bet big, big amounts of money just trusting your wits. Maybe if I'm a billionaire one day, which is getting increasingly unlikely, although with Bitcoin, maybe it won't be. Uh, I, I, will, gonna, yeah. I, can, I'll, I can bet big just based on my wits. Yeah, and it's hilariously they uh, rejected our Nutless Monkey entry name this year, even though they allowed it last year, said it was highly offensive and how dare I, uh, you know. Well, Nutless really, Monkey uh, turns out cannot their, win. Their, their sensibilities. Turns out uh, Nutless, Nutless Monkey cannot, cannot even win. play. Nutless Monkey can't even get into the super contest, but a real man can. Yeah, a real man would enters instead, and these are real man picks. So let's start lists. Uh, you ready to get to week one? Sure, let's do it. All right, so all right, I'm just going to use your beating the book lines. Uh, we'll go from there and what order in which you listed them. So Thursday night opener did not do the Super Bowl winner for the first time in a while. And I think they're doing some historical thing this, this anniversary season. Great contest, great first matchup. Uh, Packers plus three in Chicago. Yeah, I, I had that two and a half. Um, one thing I learned from Rufus is that home field should be somewhat proportionate to distance traveled. And this is a very short trip. Rodgers is very comfortable at Soldier Field. And I just think uh, it's kind of a pick ish type of game to me. I made it two and a half. I mean, anything less than three is pretty close. And I just, for the hell of it, picked the Packers to win. But I definitely take the points. What about you? The line seemed totally right to me, but I'm with you. I took the points. Uh, I'm fading Trubisky more times than not this year. Or the old Rams team who experienced a lot of injury luck and good fortune turnovers stuff last year. But still a nasty defense. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they won this game and covered. But uh, I, I did take the points. Um, I don't love it, though. I wouldn't want to use it. No, I don't want to touch it uh, either. Um, okay, Sunday games. Falcons plus four at Vikings. I took, I, you know, it's funny. I thought I was going to be on the Vikings because I made this line three and I thought it was going to be less than three for some reason. But then it was four. So I'm on the Falcons. I just think the Falcons are a veteran team, dome. They're going to be ready. It's going to be a tough game. I'll take the points. Yeah, I'm with you. I took the points as well. Um, yeah, should, should be close enough. Uh, Falcons, uh, certainly tougher away, but at least it's in, 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 dome, in the dome. But I'm not going to use this one either. Uh, no, Washington plus, plus nine and a half at Philly. So I made the line nine and a half or something initially, but then when I redid it, I moved to the 13 and a half. I just realized I don't want the Redskins on the road in Philly. They have a good defense and a good offense. They're better coached. The Redskins have a new quarterback, a bunch of no name and rookie receivers. You know, their, their best offensive lineman is still out, still holding out. Like, I don't know. This could, why isn't this? Doormat versus juggernaut, full 13 and a half. It's only nine and a half. I, I laid the wood and I would probably use this. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm actually seeing on Vegas Insider right now, it's up to 10 in a lot of places. So this will be a key line for us to look because I would definitely consider it at nine and a half. I'm with you. I keep going back and forth on the Seahawks or Eagles for Survivor. Um, leaning more Philly, and uh, I think, think they do cover this. And yeah, they're just, they're just loaded. Pro Football Focus in the offseason Graded offensive lines, their unit number one. Um, wide receivers, uh, their unit number one, obviously included tight ends. And pass rush, their unit number one. That's, that's pretty good. And uh, their offensive system I like as well. So uh, I like the Eagles to, to, to route them and uh, would definitely consider using it. Okay, uh, so. Bills plus three at the Jets. So I made this line three. I took the Jets almost because it was a hedge. Like I hate the Jets so much that if I'm wrong, I'll totally live with it. I, you know, they're kind of equal teams. They're both sort of have like a, sl a, a sliver of hope for the future. It's in, in New York. It's not a long trip, so maybe it should be two, but I just laid the wood. Um, yeah, who did I take on? So I, took, yeah, I took the Jets. This is the stay away from me, though. I do, I'm buying Sam Darnold, but hate the coaching staff. And uh, yeah, I don't know. This, this line seems right to me, but I, I'm with you. Actually, I, I, did, I did take the Jets. Um, Ravens minus seven at Dolphins. I made the line seven exactly, so it's 50-50. Yeah. I took the Ravens just because, I mean, the Dolphins, they're trading their, their best offensive player, arguably their best player on the team in Tunzel. They just get rid of him. I mean, they got a lot for him, so it was a good trade, but I don't know, man. The Ravens, it's tough to play in Miami in the heat and humidity, but the Ravens are the one with the quarterback that they're going to have to chase around, which is hell, and they're the ones with the bludgeoning running game. I, I laid the wood, but, I, you know, I think this is 50-50. I took the points, but maybe that was just 
trying to be on the sharp side reflexively because that offensive line's a disaster. I mean, you could rank the Ravens as the top fantasy D of the week and no one would, would blink. And uh, yeah, so I, I took the points, but uh, certainly don't feel confident about it at all. Uh, Chiefs minus four at Jacksonville should be a very intriguing game week one. Yeah, you know, I know it would be like the sharp thing to take the Jaguars at home getting points, but I just think the Chiefs are going to just be unstoppable, completely just score 40 routinely. I think that actually Nick Foles and John DiFilippo might be enough of an upgrade that the Jaguars actually kind of keep up, so it's not like a blowout, but I I have Chiefs 31-24, but the Chiefs are going to be like the early season Rams last year where people are like, Someone will slow him down a little bit eventually, but people are going to be like, this is just ridiculous. Similar to last game, I just took the home ugly dog, but I could totally see it going sideways and, you're, and the Chiefs going crazy here. They, they might just destroy the league yet again. Totally wouldn't be surprised. So took the home dog, but uh, don't feel confident about it. Uh, next one I like a little bit more, uh, or certainly like a lot more. Titans plus five and a half at Cleveland. Yeah, I made the six and a half, so you, you would have to push it to seven to get me off the Browns. I think the Browns are hyped and maybe overhyped, but I think some of it's justifiable. And the Titans are one of those nasty teams that you usually want against the spread, but I looked at the line and it wasn't that big, so give me the Browns. It just seems mispriced if the Browns are going to be you know, division contenders like everyone expects with that such improved roster. Uh, I feel like the line should be seven, as you said. So yeah, I like Cleveland in the points here. Uh, next, the Rams minus three at Panthers. I made the line two and a half. Uh, the Panthers are pretty good. Newton's totally healthy now, which is just totally completely different than last year. And I kind of believe in the Super Bowl hangover. You know, there's only one team that has to like sit on a horrible biggest stage loss, getting so close and grinding out the entire length of the season through February and not winning. There's only one team that has to deal with that. And usually that team, it's, it's hard, you know, to deal with that. And I don't think it's just a fluke or an anecdotal thing. I think it's just hard to deal with that. And they, there's a causal connection to them often struggling. So they've got to kind of rebound, get up for this game. It's on the road. Big game for the Panthers. And I think the Panthers are good. So I think the Panthers are got a good chance to win this outright. So I took Carolina. Yeah, for sure. I made Panthers my best bet. Uh, for what it's worth, Goff had massive home road splits last year. It's a tra- it's a 10 a.m. body clock game here. Um, yeah, I think the Panthers are a pretty good team, but I know their secondary can be beat. But um, I, I'm with you. I think they could win outright. So if it's three points, uh, I liked it as my, my best bet this week. So I would personally consider using it in the contest. Now we move to the afternoon games. Uh, Bengals plus nine and a half at Seattle. Who do you like your list? So I had this exactly nine and a half, so it's a coin flip. But Jeff Erickson on the sh- this is how nutless Jeff Erickson is. So on the show, he picked his line, and he had it at like something like uh, nine and nine. I think he made the line. So at nine and a half, he should be on the Bengals. But then after he saw the line was nine and a half, he decided he still wanted to be on the Seahawks. I said, Jeff, you can't do that. You're you're dead if you do that because you know you can't un you can't unsee the line once you've seen the line, and so you can't. And you have to just choose what you really think before you see it. But he was going to take the Seahawks anyway. So I was like, that's so nutless that I'm not going to take the Bengals just because he's a self-hating Bengals fan and was doing something that nutless and is a coin flip anyway. But then in staff picks, he actually took the Bengals because he was doubly nutless. He wouldn't even stick with the Seahawks after I told him what a jinx it was. But now he's jinxed me out of this pick. So I have the Bengals. But if I knew that, he'd, that he was going to take the Bengals, I would have switched back to the Seahawks. But it's too late. I've got the Bengals. Well, your reasoning's tough to, to beat. Um, I, I don't have quite as strong a reasoning. I, I went with the, C, the Seahawks to cover. Like I said, as close with Philly this week. I think they're both going to handle business at home. Although they've actually been known to get off the slow starts, Russell Wilson and company, about how much you make of that historically. That offensive line is in shambles in Cincy. So in Seattle remains one of the toughest places to play. So I picked them to, to roll and, and laid the wood. Chargers plus six and a half. Sorry, Colts plus six and a half at Chargers. Um, I think I've heard that you like this one, right, Liz? Yeah, it's my best bet. I, you know, I, again, it's the system, man. The system is more important than the quarterback. Just sorry to say. We're just in an era where playing quarterbacks gotten much easier, and a good system and good weapons and a good offensive line is plenty. Brissett's not a stiff, I don't think. And the Chargers are missing Russell Okung. They're missing 
Derwin James. Those are like really key players. They're missing Melvin Gordon, and they're laying six and a half. I just the Colts can win this game. The Chargers also another team that often starts slowly. Again, you don't know if that's just anecdotal and random, but they seem to take a few games to get into sync sometimes. So give me the Colts. So I am fading the Colts harder than you. I've said it last week, but both my fantasy rankings of the players losing luck and just the team outright. But having said that, A, I could be wrong. And B, they could just be whatever, not that great and still cover this because it's not like the Chargers are the team that run over doormats often. You know, I, I usually like the Chargers when they're the dog, not when they're the near touchdown favorite. So I'm with you here. We can definitely, if you have them as your best bet, uh, I took the Colts as well. So we'll use them as one of our five this week. Okay. Uh, next up. My 49ers at Tampa Bay, they do not have the 10 a.m. body clock issue as the Rams have a later start. Uh, uh, projected shootout, although I was just uh, you know, informed that it's, you know very well could be very wet there, though. So uh, a lot of guys probably used in DFS lineups in this game. Uh, who do you like, Liz? I like the Niners. I, it's kind of 50-50. I made him to pick them, and it is a pick them. I just like Shanahan better than Bruce Arians. I think Bruce Arians is a little overrated. He's not terrible. He's good for fantasy, but he does some stupid stuff. And I, uh, I think Shanahan will get this team ready. I also like betting on teams that had bad preseasons yeah. because I think that's just total nonsense, and it actually affects the line. Yeah, Niners haven't proven anything yet, and don't listen to me. I'm a homer. But, yes, I, I was on the Niners as well, and I would – uh, I would use them if you like to, but uh, I, I don't know. I, it is a pick them probably for a reason, but I side with you there as well. The next one, um, ooh, I, I do kind of like this one. Lions minus two and a half at Cardinals. Yeah, I like the Cardinals. Tell me you lo- Yeah, okay, good. Nice. I, I'm okay. on the Cardinals. That's my second best bet or third best bet maybe That's because uh, okay. they're, uh, they have no cornerbacks though, and everyone's like, oh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay and Stafford are carving them up. Maybe, maybe, but – you know, there's some talk that the Cardinals didn't really unleash their offense in the preseason. Again, another team with a bad preseason. Everyone's panicking. I just think it's a good value. I mean, the Lions laying points on the road. No, thank you. So I'll take the Cardinals. Yeah, carry on Johnson might go nuts here. And I'm actually having my reservations about this offense, this air raid offense. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't sound like they unveiled a lot even in the practices. But, yeah, just out of principle here, totally. And, and at home, dogs here. Uh, you could talk me into using it if you wanted to, no problem. Uh, your your Giants plus seven at Cowboys. Uh, let's hear some Homer speak. Yeah, I I like the Giants a lot here. I I think the Giants, as I said, are are better than people think. The Cowboys had Amari Cooper with a foot issue that he's going to play through. Zeke Elliott coming in, you know, last minute may have some disruption there. And you know, they're cocky. The Giants are a doormat. They're, the Cowboys should win. It's the home celebration of a team that's a playoff team. And I just, I just like the setup. I just think the Giants are like, they're going to show up. And they're going to run. They're going to block. And Saquon's going to run people over. Although the Dallas has very good linebackers. But I think it's going to be a game. So I'm taking the points. And I would use this one. Yeah, I do like the Giants as, as underdogs. I mean, you know, uh, far more than than favorites. But all right, if you want to use it, that's fine. I took them. I mean, I don't. Yeah, Cowboys. I mean, Elliott. Realistically, where would you have him ranked if you were in fantasy? Had to do weekly rankings. Elliott. How many snaps do you think he projects? High. Okay, you t- top on, ten. Man. If this game's close, one, they can't yeah, lose yeah, the Giants right, at home. It'll be a disaster yeah. for their season. They're gonna play and yeah. leaving Tony Pollard on third and two. You know, when it's seventeen seventeen in the early fourth quarter. Come on. Yeah. All right. I have my words about Eli. Uh, it's funny that you're you're backing your team this hard right away out of the shoot, but uh, Giants, Giants, it is uh, Jones, Sunday night. Man. Hall of Famer yeah. Daniel Jones well, coming. In the there's second no half. Daniel Jones this game. That's the problem. Yeah. Second half, he <laughs> comes in bank. like Baker did. We're banking on a big uh, a big deficit. Big big halftime deficit would be good for us. You're saying because yeah. that would meet Daniel absolutely. Jones. Uh, too bad the uh, game's not in New York, so they could boo Eli off the field. All right. Right. Sunday night. Steelers Sunday night. Steelers plus, plus five and a half at Pitt. I mean, sorry, at, at Patriots. I made it six and a half. Again, if it were at seven, I would have switched to the Steelers, but come on, man. The Patriots are better. I don't even know if the Steelers are good anymore. Ben's like 50 years old now. Not that Brady's any. <laughs> Brady's older than him, but, you know, I mean, every year he gets older, and it seems like they replaced Bell with Connor. Nice. They, you know, they didn't really replace Antonio Brown. Maybe James Washington's good or Moncrief, but this team's not... I think this team's not quite the Steelers that we knew a few years ago. And this Patriots at home, I, only five and a half. I, give me the Patriots. 
Yeah, Roethlisberger was just fine on the road last year, but um, and I took the points here, but betting against Patriots in prime time is usually not lucrative, so I'm not going to sit here and act super confident in it. I could see uh, see it going the other way as you as you laid out. So Monday night, pretty fired up. This game is a, actually a really good one to start off. Uh, Texans plus seven at New Orleans. Yeah, I made it. I made this game six and a half. I felt like. Saints are better, but the Texans with Watson, Hopkins, they're going to they're gonna show up and they're going to sling the ball around and hang in this game. So I took the points. What about you? Yeah, I like the points here. Um, eh, I consider using it, but um, yeah, I, I think eh, betting against this, you could see the same way they lost, what, week one at home was that last year against Tampa? Yeah, the Bucs. Uh, yeah. yeah, God, yeah. They'll, they'll probably show up in prime time, but uh, yeah, it seems like this uh, first glance like a lot of points, uh, so I, I took them. Then the, 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 the best one, the Monday night doubleheader out in Oakland, final season, Black Hole, Broncos pick them at the Raiders. Who you like, Liz? I like the Raiders. I made this plus three. I mean, the Broncos offense is abysmal. I mean, Joe Flacco, seriously? I mean, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the last five years, if not the worst. So I, I'm happy to take a pick him at home. Yeah, I'm definitely fading uh, the Raiders this season, and I think that defense could cause problems there. It's just going to be a shit show in Oakland, and I would I would definitely consider the Broncos, but that'll just be off for us on, on that, that game. So could you come up with any uh, – I marked we have uh, – we're going to use the Colts is the only one I marked in ink. Okay. And so then Colts, a couple maybes here and there. So what Eagles, do you think? Yeah, okay. Colts, yep, that was a maybe, yep. Eagles, Panthers – Colts, Eagles, Panthers, Cardinals, and Giants. Yep. Okay. Yeah, the only other one. Yeah, okay. The only other one I kind of marked was maybe uh, maybe the Browns, but you like, no. I could do the Browns if you wanted. Nope, nope, nope. That doesn't stand out. That's just all I was bringing up. That's it. That's just, the only other one I marked. You can do the Browns if you want, but you got to just remove one of the incorrect ones, not one of the correct ones. That's your job. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk backstage, but I actually don't feel till i like i like the first five that came originally giants is on you for sure I mean, you want to remove uh, the giants that's fine but just make sure you're removing a loser not a winner <laughs> yeah no pressure after your speech before how this is your uh your life's goal moving forward but uh, yeah, all right we'll come up we'll come up my life's goal as i said i'll reiterate is to win the super contest and to win the nfbc main event then i'm good yeah. you know of course i'd like to yeah. win the nffc you know, online or the NFBC online would be pretty good actually, but it's fantasy football to win a big tournament. Fantasy football is not my goal in life. It's just, it's fantasy football. I mean, it's fun, but it's just too, it's too random. I just think like the, I know it's all random. I mean, like, acting like handicapping games is not random, like blocks field goal or block punt or whatever that happens. But I just feel like the most skill and there's so much variance in this too, but I, I don't know. To me, like the NFBC and the uh, Super Contest would be the, to me, like the real, uh, the holy grails of, of what I do. Okay, so tentatively, we've got the Eagles. Hopefully, that's less than 10. Panthers, hopefully, getting three. And, and then what? Giants getting seven. And then Cardinals getting two and a half. That'd be great if we could get three in that one. So. Tentative, and then the Colts, obviously. Colts is dogs in L.A. Shouldn't have a great home, you know, typically have home field advantage there, too. So, all right, Liz, I like it. What Would do you, you what take you four and, and one, then, or are you only accepting five and oh right now for week one? Yeah. Uh, right now, oh, would honestly, you accept I would, the four I, and I, one? I would take, I would say I would accept the four and one. But, <laughs> you, you know, you joke, but it really does seem to me week one, year in and year out, is they, they come the easiest to me as far as, and typically I do have the best, my record, uh, not saying a lot last couple of years, but uh, in week one. But is that the case for you? You know, I had a good year last year. I had a good year last year, so everything came easy. Right? <laughs> like I was confident. <laughs> and if I, if I go 5-11 and 11, and we go 1-4 in the Super Contest, you know, it's going to be tougher. But this new method of doing it has really helped me because I don't really agonize. I mean, I agonize on where I'm going to put the line, but it's my choice. It's where I feel the most pain in choosing. That's how I pick the line. And then once I've picked the line, I don't deviate when I see the actual lines. So then it becomes easy because I'm just comparing my lines to the actual lines. It sounded like to me we were only different on a few this week too, so it could be uh, bad news for you. 
Uh, you want to throw any season predictions out there? We might as well here. I, I went with uh, Eagles over Chiefs is what I officially settled on in my final column. As I mentioned, all the, the Eagles loaded at different positions, and we'll see if Wentz can stay healthy. But uh, that's where I went with. What about yourself, Liz? Uh, Giants going far? No, I mean, I think they're going to win seven games, I said. You know, <laughs> that's not really – unless the NFC East is really weak. They're not yeah, I picked my Niners to make – I picked my minor, Niners to make a wild card, so I give you a hard time for being a homer. I, I picked the Niners to make the wild card, but yeah. uh, so we'll see how we're, that goes. We're both boosting them a couple. You know, the Giants are actually at six, I think, so seven is not really a, a huge reach. I don't really know. I think the Chiefs I, – I think – the, I think the Patriots are always the most interesting team because you just never know how they're going to do it, but they somehow do it. But they're the safest pick, clearly. Yeah, I yeah. think the Chiefs are just—they're they're, going to just be like by week seven, it's going to be like the 2007 Patriots. They'll be like seven and zero. They'll average like 46 points a game, and you're going to be like, Jesus Christ, they're covering Dude, like second, 30 in games. I mean, it's going to be insane. The second half against, or, or the fourth quarter, how many points did he put up against that Belichick defense who thought he had figured it out? You know, I mean, that's just, it's, you're right. I'm with you, man. It could be historic. That's why I was debating who to win in that Super Bowl, the Eagles or, or Chiefs. I, I'm picking them to, to go past the Patriots, and I never do that. I'm always like, you know, it's fun to be different, but I'm always just boring Patriots every well, year. I'll, but I'll, this year, I'm with you, man. I pick the Chiefs. I have Damian Williams on all my rosters, not because I'm in love with the player, let me tell you. I just, I mean, that I'm with you. That offense could just... Could, I could still be obviously wrong about him and them still go crazy, but yeah, they're uh, they're going to put up a lot of points. Last once year was again. Pat Mahomes' first year as a starter. Crazy, insane, yeah. Pat Mahomes yeah. is Aaron Rodgers 2.0. He's basically Rodgers with like even bigger arm, better weapons than Rodgers ever had, and a way better coach than Rodgers ever had. And I just think that, you know, well, oh, you got to regress him. You know, I mean, I if I were in Vegas. I hate like on an even money bet, like leaving my money in Vegas for, you know, four months. But I mean, how much would you put down at over 36 and a half? I mean, he get hurt. That's like the only, it's the only way you lose that bet if he gets injured. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's, yes, that's why, that's why I scoffed at you. Gave you a hard time about being bold because I'm with, yes, that seems like uh, injuries, the only thing that could stop that. So yeah, they were the really they had the best special teams last year, according to many metrics. Uh, really, uh, I mean, just the, the the defense. We'll see if they can somewhat stop people, but that offense, I'm with you, could be historical. So you're picking the Chiefs. I am picking the Chiefs to. Yeah, I mean, again, like I mean, Reed's going to have to deal in game. There's going to be some tight situations, probably at some point, whether it's against the Patriots, whether it's against. You know, the Ravens, if Lamar Jackson is good or against, you know, one of these teams that emerges and one will, that makes me nervous. But, yeah, I'd probably pick the Chiefs in the AFC. In the NFC, I'm going to say maybe I'll say the Packers. Nice. I usually go with them because of Rodgers. I just fall to the quarterback position. New coach, maybe. That's another big storyline is Rodgers without McCarthy. What happens? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, a lot of Saints picks I see. A lot. I think it's, uh, I see a, a, t- a ton of New Orleans picks, which makes sense. All right, Liz, we got a prediction out of you. Um, anything else? We got a week one. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's a lot of talk, a lot of uh, drafts that I've had, a lot of writing It's going to suck. And all it's going to be so disappointing. It'll be a big letdown, it's yeah. It's going to be disappointing <laughs> in unpredictable ways. Like, you'll be like, yeah. oh, really? That? That's all they did? Yeah. Oh, that guy got hurt? Really? Damn. I have like three shares of that guy. Mm-hmm. You know? It'll just be... Nightmare Let's predict who's going to get hurt. Who's going to get hurt week one? Who's going to be out for the year week one? It's be uh, Nick somebody. Chubb and Damian Williams <laughs> probably both go down for sure. Nick Chubb and Damian Williams. Yeah. You know, someone yeah. you just got in one of your leagues that you're happy to get. It's going to be someone yeah. like that. Yeah, Garoppolo and Kittle, my other guys. Yeah, but Garoppolo yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. Two years in a row. But Mullins is better, so that's actually good if Garoppolo gets hurt. Yeah, I don't know about that, but uh, he did. He didn't even win the backup job over Beathard until uh, until the other day. But uh, what a weird situation with the depth chart with Pettis and now like Matt Breida. Like I guess I, I, I'm moving Breida up, but the reason I was worried about him was his him ability to stay healthy, not if he was going to do when he did get touches. But interesting situation there. I like him to go go nuts against the Bucks this week. That's possible. Um, anything else, Liz? Got anything I want to talk about? Uh, what? Oh, who's, do you have like an MVP pick or something? I went with Deshaun Watson. In my column, I love Deshaun Watson. Odds. Come on, like, I just there's well, only one like pick. This. There's only one pick. Uh, okay, Paul. Right. Okay. Come on, <laughs> Saquon Barkley, dude. Come on. No, it's gonna be Mahomes. As long yeah, as Mahomes like is, as long as Mahomes is walking this earth, I just, I just can't pick anyone else. I can't even see it. I mean, obviously, he's a dog versus the field, but 
I think there's like a wide gap. It could be Watson. I think people are forgetting just how ridiculous Watson was a year before he tore his ACL. Now, another year removed. Just they what? It was great last year too. I mean, yeah, yeah. They have to. I mean, they have a fast-paced offense with you know maybe not a dominant defense. Offensive line a little bit better now. Just Duke Johnson adding uh, Kenny Stills, Dakuti, and and Fuller, and and just love the setup. And again, they're going to win the division. I think now without luck. So that that's kind of why I steer. I think the Colts are going to win the division. Yeah. All right. Interesting. You want to bet on that? Well, give me the proper odds and we'll do it. Yeah, I wonder what they are. What do you think? The, what do you think the proper odds are? I think that I'd be getting like two to one over you. Ooh, I'll look into that. That seems, but yeah, I would do that though probably. But if you think that's that's fair, I would do that. I, mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing what it would be. But like, if if it was your like hundred against my fifty, and if it, you know you get the hundred, the Texans win. I I mean, I get you get the fifty, the Texans win. I get the hundred, the Colts yeah. win. I don't have to even look it up. I would just do it. Um. Yeah. The te- yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Done. I might be making a dumb pick. It might be. It might be way more lopsided than that. But yeah. I personally would feel satisfied with. Okay. Double the double the money for that. Cool. Done. This is uh, uh, Texans division fifty. Done. done. Fifty versus hundred. Cool. All right. Um. Yep. All right. Done. All right. Um. Can't think of anything else. And I obviously, nobody wins if neither if neither one wins. Nobody wins. Obviously, yes. Um, I went Miles Garrett is my defensive player of the year. I think he, he said this like uh, the last regime defensive coordinator wouldn't let him do but three moves or whatever. But um, the safest picks, obviously, Aaron Donald. He would be the first player ever to win the, the defensive player of the year award three years in a row. But he's a clear favorite there. And then rookie of the year, I went Kyler Murray. Have any thoughts on those? Yeah, I mean Kyler Murray's kind of obvious. Um, yeah. Although you know what if. It can it can easily be a running back for rookie of the year because if if the Cardinals are like four and twelve and Murray's just okay, they'll give it to a star running back. But yeah, no MVP way. it's so tough to win without being quarterback. Looking right. at that historically, that's just so tough. Right, that's right. You got to pick a QB for MVP, but rookie of the year. Um, yeah, I, I think Murray's kind of an easy call. I can't really think of who else it would even be. Actually, Josh Jacobs is probably not going to win it. David Montgomery maybe. Yeah, I don't Montgomery. know. Montgomery. Yeah, Gurley goes down. My boy Daryl Henderson right away. Right. I hope uh, I mean, I've got a lot of Henderson. Yeah, me too. Um, <clears throat> all right, man. Good stuff. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, I just had one other topic that I was, that I read this guy, uh, Michael Krieger. I sometimes talk about him and he made this post about, I don't know, like the CIA or somebody's like trying to designate like disinformation as like a terrorist thing, but like, you know, spreading conspiracy theories on the web. And I don't know if like the law would ever get passed. Probably not probably against the first amendment, but you never know. And uh, I mean, it is against the First Amendment, but the idea of like what a conspiracy theory is, like the Epstein didn't hang himself is like considered a conspiracy theory. But no, that's what the majority of people believe, actually. And Trump is being secretly controlled by Putin. That's considered not a conspiracy theory because the mainstream media is propagating it. But the difference between what is and what is not a conspiracy theory is just who's saying it, not the likelihood that it's true. I'll just say that. And that basically, no, like, I read that because of you, and that was really interesting. You're right. The amount of people who actually consider it obviously a conspiracy, what happened with Epstein, I found very interesting. Right. I mean, there's so many things we don't have the answers to. Like, you know, uh, when, they, when they got Bin Laden, like, there were like five different stories of how that happened that like, they changed like every five minutes. Like, I don't know what actually happened, but whatever we were told is probably not the actual one. The problem that we've gotten into now with conspiracy theories, and he brings this up, is that for, for it just started 20 years ago, but it's, getting a little stronger with social media. Humans can talk peer-to-peer on Twitter. I can talk to somebody in any country in the world directly. You know, I, I can follow somebody who has information on the ground from any, any country in the world. Now, he could be lying, could be faking it. I have to verify, you know, my own way, but it's peer-to-peer. It used to be that information and news was disseminated from the central authority to the people. And so propaganda, you know, whatever the people wanted you to believe, they would just tell you. I mean, they, it was just sort of one version of events. And now, you know, you, you really don't have to rely on the central authority to find out things. You can look on from what people are saying on Twitter. And some of that may be considered a conspiracy theory. But as I said, I, conspiracy is just what they, you know, what they, it just depends who's saying it. The mainstream media and the mainstream establishment wants, has all sorts of crazy far-fetched things they want you to believe that don't really add up. But it's because they're saying it, it's not considered conspiracy. Is we're sort of changing a paradigm from sort of the top, you know, sort of the establishment and the elites being able to dictate what people think. It's kind of what Michael Krieger is writing about to people being free to go find it for themselves. 
You know, you can ask your doctor what's wrong with you or you can go online. You know, or you could ask, you can go, there's a lot of forums where other people have similar ailments and they used home remedy. You know, some of them might work, some of them might not. But then again, you go to the doctor and a lot of the stuff they tell you doesn't work at all and they're actually diagnose you wrong. Probably do more damage there and it's way more expensive. So there's, there's now a huge threat to like the top-down way of distributing things. And when there's a paradigm shift like this where now it's peer-to-peer and, and wait till Bitcoin picks up even more, like banks can't tell you when the hours of operation are and who you can send your money to. I mean, this is a huge crisis for the authorities and the establishment of control. And his point was when Trump won, it's not that Trump isn't bank friendly, he is. It's not that he's not corporate friendly, he is. It's not that he didn't put a ton of money into the military, he does. It's that for the first time, they couldn't control who you voted for. Every single newspaper endorsed Hillary Clinton, and yet people voted for someone else. It's not that Trump, of course, you know, there's probably minor differences, but the, the elites, the problem is that they lost control of the narrative. That suddenly this guy, and they voted for him against everybody's advice, that was not permitted. And they're pissed about it and they want to make it seem like a gigantic mistake so it never happens again. But unfortunately, I think it's going to happen more and more because, again, we're in a new paradigm. It's peer-to-peer. We don't need top-down anymore. And the internet has enabled this. And because, and when power tries to hold on to power, when somebody's losing their grip, they become more aggressive, more desperate, more fascist. And it could be a very ugly transition. But I do think that agree with Michael Krieger that eventually it's going to be a lot better once, uh, once it's completely, once that uh, grip on power is completely dislodged. Are you personally on Twitter all day, list scrolling it when you're on, I know you're on the computer for your job, but I mean, are you, are you on Twitter throughout the day? Yeah, I, I'm on Twitter a lot and actually like is my job because all the Rotowire football notes come on and I change the projection. So I never miss anything. I'm not on all day, but like when I'm on the computer, which is a lot, I always have like a window open and it's like I always have you know, the latest news, so immediately I change the projection if a kicker gets cut or gets injured or something. So, yeah, pretty right. much. So you're using Twitter then, and you use it for you know, politics and, and other I don't, aspects. I don't, I don't barely go to any other sites. I mean, I go to Rotowire. I go to Twitter. And occasionally it's just a guilty, I won't say pleasure, a guilty misery. I go to the New York Times just to see what they're saying. But I, I really don't <laughs> like it. But I go to it still out of habit. But that's it. So, you're, so, so if you're reading a CNN article or something, you just got it probably because someone linked to it on Twitter or something. Yeah, well, I would never click through a CNN or I mean, I would you, never. Or you would never do such I'd only a read thing. one. Okay. Two, right. two, that wouldn't happen. That was, a, that was a, an impossibility I brought up. This, uh, okay, right. sorry. I would Apologize. only click through if it was like an example of how fake it was. Like I, it, it's, CNN is so bankrupt. There's other thing. I don't even get into it, but like how the news gets disseminated. There's like Reuters the Associated mm-hmm. Press and this French associate uh, agency, French fronts, I don't know what it is, but there's an AFP, is what's, what's it, and they basically feed all the news to like all the newspapers. Most of the news coverage comes from them. These newspapers that are covering foreign conflicts don't have people on the ground pretty much. They're just second-handing from those guys, and it's very easy for the Pentagon and other governments to just disseminate news through these three agencies and have them sort of pass it on to all the local, you know, the, the local and national outlets. So it's even that is like, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm no longer really interested. You know, like I'm not interested in what they're trying to tell me anymore. I just like, I get it. This is what you're trying to tell me. I get it. I don't care. You're trying to make me think this about that, but it doesn't matter to me anymore. It doesn't work on me. I'm done. I'm going to follow the people who have proven reliable to the best I can and make my own decisions on what I think is actually true. And that's it. I, I can't be told what to think. And I, the more you realize that it's just manipulation, it's not news, then the less... And is that getting worse or is it it's always been that way? Uh, I think it's... I don't know, but I think it's probably always been that way. But it's maybe getting worse because they're more desperate, right? It was easier. They didn't have to worry as much. There was no other sources. It was hard to find other sources. Now it's easy. So now it's, you know, and of course there's a lot of charlatans like just peddling totally fake news, conspiracy theories that it really are just crazy, unhinged, unfounded conspiracy theories. And that's part of the ecosystem. I mean, it just is. But that's why you have to sift through who's reliable and who's not. But definitely do not take your cue as to what's a conspiracy theory from what the mainstream believes and what, you know, people outside the mainstream believe. That is not the barometer for what's true. That's just the barometer for what is allowed to be called 
a conspiracy theory. Last thing I want to say is, did you see the Dave Chappelle thing on uh, Netflix? That's my final note here in front of me is to recommend that. I, yeah, I did. Yes. I just saw a clip from it where he basically like, just calls out the audience for like, just not being able to take a joke anymore. And I love that. But I haven't watched the special, but I definitely want to watch the special. So it's getting backlash. The PC police are out in full force with it get definitely hurt some feelings but uh, i loved it i had a friend who said definitely watch and i was skeptical um but uh yeah I, I i recommend it and that was my last thing i was going to say for my for my um uh my, my last recommendation of the week was, was the Chappelle show so it's funny you, you brought it up beforehand but yeah i i watched it and, and really enjoyed it all right cool i'll check it out um i also saw the first two episodes of succession the first one was really good the second one was eh but uh Ooh, the last one was good. I think we're at four. Yeah, keep it going, man. I'm into this season. It's good. Keep, okay. keep, keep it, keep going. All right, all right, all right, man. Well, that's gonna do it. So our picks. Let's recap the picks real quick before we break. We got the Eagles, Panthers, Giants, Cardinals, Cardinals and Colts. Colts for now. Yep. We'll see the line. Looks like out. a strong start to the season. I can already tell. Here we go. 4-0-1. I would accept 4 one I'll cave on the tie. There you go. Split the difference. All right, man. Good times. Fired up for the season. And, uh, yeah, good, good, good talking lists and uh, good luck. All right, man. Take it easy. Except, for the, leagues in which except for the leagues in which we're yeah, Of course. Today. Of course. All right.